Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Abby Eismanger, and she's a psychic medium. She's also a past life regressionist. This is her second time on my show. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you, Leslie. So happy to be here. I love your content. Let me tell you, I listen and watch your videos and am mesmerized by what you talk about when you go into these sessions. And there's so many things that you talk about that aren't just things that I normally would have thought to ask. Like, uh, sometimes you talk to a person's higher self. Sometimes you just talk to the soul and they talk about the future. They talk about the past. They talk about Akashic records or volunteers and new earth. Let's talk about this now. So, okay. So what do you do? You are a hypnotherapist too. So tell me the process of this and then we're going to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So with hypnotherapy, um, I am certified in a couple of different types of modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Dolores Cannon's modality, QHHT. Mm-hmm. And then I was also trained under Candace Goldman. She does BQH, which is Beyond Quantum Healing, okay. um, which gives you the ability to do sessions remotely. With Dolores Cannon's technique, they're very, very specific about how you can do it. Okay. Um, and then after Candace Goldman, there is another TikTok creator. Her name is Daily Rose. Um, amazing. She's kind of what started all of it for me, but she created a modality called THH, which is timeline healing hypnosis. And it's specifically geared toward people who have the inability to visualize. Um, So I use all three of those modalities to help clients get into a deep hypnosis like state. And um, I basically use it just by my wording and the tone of my voice. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this. Is it pretty easy to do something like that? I mean, do you have to want to do something like that before you can do it? Or does it just kind of naturally happen? So I think that it really depends on the practitioner that you're working with. Now, granted, if you want to do this and you're all in, yes, it's a lot easier. But um, you also have to be willing to kind of release that control. There are some people who don't really feel comfortable completely releasing control of their body. And you have to be able to let go in order to get into these, you know, deep like trance states. I've done over 500 sessions at this point. And of those sessions, I've only had about nine that struggled to get fully in the first time. And so they'll come back and they'll do it a second time. And of those nine, seven of them have been able to go in again. Oh, wow. um, there okay. have been a couple of them that are just like, nope, not doing it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? I would think that there's never a perfect number for things like that. I get that. So when I listen to your videos, I especially love the ones where you talk to the higher self. And can you explain to my listeners what your concept of a higher self is? Yes, absolutely. So our higher self is ultimately the collective consciousness of everything that we are, of every life we have ever lived in our soul evolution. So for instance, the higher self for one person could consist of 2,000 different lives. When a soul decides to incarnate, what happens is a very small piece of the higher self comes down. And that piece, say, for instance, is Leslie in the life that you're living now, Mm -hmm. right? right? 
And when that life is done, that peace goes back to the higher self and becomes part of that collective consciousness. So the higher self is huge. And most times the higher self, if we put it in earth years, is millions of years old. But it's kind of hard to put it into years because, you know, time was created as an illusion for earth so that we could count and so that we could grow old and things like that. Time doesn't exist anywhere else but here on earth. And I do know that, like, I, I remember talking to somebody else about a higher self, and I'm like, well, why couldn't they just put the higher self in a body? And it's just like, no, it, it would explode, you know? So, and I totally get that. Yeah, I totally get that. So, when you pull these people back and their higher selves talk to you, I notice a difference between that and when you're talking to just their soul. When you talk to a higher self, they speak like this, they talk very slowly and methodically. When you talk to someone's soul, they talk like we're talking now. I can tell the difference right away. So can you talk to me about some of the things that have really surprised you over the years you've done this? I mean, is there something that comes to mind or should we talk about things I've listened to? What do you think? You know, I think one of the things that surprises me is that the higher self, like you said, they always come through very meticulously. Yes. You have to you have to consider your higher self is a collective consciousness of all souls you've ever been. So they don't have a voice box, right? Like they're not human. And it takes time for them to articulate what is being said and how to say it. Sometimes the higher self starts out very, very slow, and then the channeling will become more and more clear. But for the most part, One thing I love about the higher self is I know when the higher self is present because they speak in third person. It's no longer me. It's she, her. And the higher self is referred to as they or them because it's not a girl or a boy. It's It's a collective consciousness. Right, right. Because sometimes you just help people with, hey, there's an ailment or there's a clicking in the back of the throat or why is this or why is my neck hurting me or whatever it is. And you go in and you try to find that out and you you post those videos. And that's very interesting. But when you're talking to a higher self, you'll say stuff like, let's go into the Akashic Records. Where are you? What does it look like? You know, does everyone get a book? The whole thing. And I thought everybody got a book, but every life had a book. And I think I was getting the higher self and the Akashic Records a little confused because I think every life has its own little book or whatever within the higher self. I, I don't know how to describe it better than that. But when you go to the Akashic Records, it's just this big, huge, massive, amazing library on the other side that has a beautiful leather bound book of every single thing that happened to you in every single life you've had. And I'm like, how the heck do they do it? Now I'm looking at it in a human way of looking at it going, how do they do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, so accessing the Akashic Records, I actually take clients to the Akashic Records when we are in the life in between lives. Now, I will call the higher self forward kind of as a comfort measure for people because it can be very, very overwhelming for clients to go into the Akashic Records because the energy in there is so huge. It's powerful. So in the life in between lives, you can do all sorts of things. But when we go into the Akashic Records, people often describe it as, like you said, a leather-bound book. 
but they'll t- they'll say that it's like gold or that it's sparkly. Mm. And when they open the book up, I've had many clients say like, oh my God, it's growing. It's getting bigger. Oh, wow. um, depending on their evolution, how many lives they've had. One of my favorite things about going into the classic records is I can ask questions like how many lives have they had in their evolution? Of those, you know, say 2,000 lives, how many lives have they lived on Earth? Yes. How many lives have they lived on other planets? We can drill down even further and ask how many lives have they lived as a plant or an animal yes. or an inanimate object? And not only that, but you can go through things very quickly. In a past life regression, it's lots of questions. Are you male, female? What are you wearing? You know, what are you holding? Give me an important day. It's very meticulous and you walk through it very, very slowly. With the Akashic Records, it's like you're looking in a book and you're just flipping through pages. So we'll flip through a page and say they want to mention that they've lived a life as a jungle cat, right? I have the client like jump into that picture and we look at that life. Tell me something about that life that's important that, that you need to know. And then we can move out of it really quickly and go into the next life. So we can spend 30 minutes in the Akashic Records and cover 10 or 15 lives. Oh, wow. And yes, and that is why the Akashic Records can be so powerful. Now, not everybody does the Akashic Records. And at this point, because there's so many different parts to the sessions, I don't really take people into the Akashic Records unless that's what they ask for. Okay. Because, you know, sessions only last a maximum of two hours for the hypnosis portion. So I have to be careful and not spend too much time in one thing. And then, like, for instance, if I spent too much time in the Akashic Records and I ran out of my two hours, well, then we can't get to the higher self. Right, right. So it's got to kind of be adjusted. And my thing is too, you're there for a purpose. You're there to learn whatever it is you guys discussed beforehand, you know, whether it's the soul or maybe does, does that happen a lot of times where you're, you're there to talk to them about what happened in a past life and the higher self just comes in anyway? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. There, and there are even some people, their past lives are so traumatic Mm. that their human consciousness doesn't allow them to see that. A lot of times when you're going into a past life, you can hover in outer space, right? Like your soul hovers and they're like, I just feel like I'm floating. I just see black. And I'll try several different things to try to get them into the past life. And if I can't get them in, what I do is I take them into like a movie theater setting where I call in the higher self and I call in their spirit guides and they basically sit in an empty movie theater and they watch the computer screen. But I call in the higher self in this portion um, because if there's any like blockages or anything preventing them from being able to see, the higher self can help me remove those blocks Mm -hmm. so that we can watch the screen. Now, if the higher self says the life is too traumatic, they don't want to see it, then I can sit there in that space and just have a conversation with the higher self. And the higher self can tell us about that life, if they were male or female and what was significant and how they died and what trauma may need to be cleared from there. Right, right. And that's what's so cool about this, because I do know that, from what I understand, Dolores Cannon was a hypnotherapist, and you studied with the kind of hypnotherapy that she did. She's no longer with us. And she was like, listen, I was trying to help people quit smoking. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) these people came, and I was talking to higher selves, and I had no idea what that was. And I was, you know, talking to these souls, and they were going in their past lives. (laughs) And she didn't know what to do. But then a lot of people were starting to say the same things about hollow earth or if it's hollow or aliens and all this stuff. So that's what I wanted to also talk to you about. Some of the stuff they say, it's incredible, 
but it's kind of scary. So one time you said, is there such thing as a hollow earth? And tell me what they said to you. So when I asked about hollow earth, which I've asked about a lot, you know, hollow earth, is it round? Is it flat? All of those fun questions. With the hollow earth, I have a, a way that I practice. I don't post something if I only hear it once because that's just one experience. I want to gather a lot of different sessions that all tell me the same thing and then I post it because at that point I've heard it from like 20 different people and I'm like, okay, there's, there's truth here, right? With the hollow earth, I have constantly heard session after session after session that not all of earth is hollow and they really wouldn't even call it hollow. Basically there are several different dimensions within earth's planet And underneath the Earth's core, there are pockets that they call it. They call it pockets of life, pockets of civilization, where there are beings that live the same way that we do here up top. And they function as a society. They live and do their life just like we do. They are considered humanoid, but because of where they're located, they don't need as much oxygen as humans do, or they don't need as much light as humans do. Now, keep in mind, too, they're below the center of the earth. So this means they can handle much, much hotter temperatures and it not melt them. right? Right. But there are several pockets of civilizations. It's not just one that I hear a lot of. It's called Agartha. And it is basically under, it's a pocket that's under the core. And they have all kinds of beings. There are humanoid beings. There are extraterrestrials. There, uh, in some sessions, people often talk about a big purple blob, which is super interesting, but I think that's how the human consciousness processes it. But that's just one underground civilization that I hear a lot about. There are a lot of humans that have reincarnated from there. What? Okay. But why, why would they live there instead of maybe another planet? Is it because we have a unique earth has a unique ability for interdimensional travel between, you know? Yes. Yes. Now, what's interesting is that, for instance, Neptune. Mm -hmm. Neptune has several different dimensions as well. But on Neptune, their dimensions are more of a water thing, which is weird because if you think about science, you know, it's it's full of gases and and we can't even go there. But on Earth, the different dimensions are where people can live with land. Uh, They can thrive. There are, you know, caves and there are ecosystems and ways that they can have food and, you know, grow. On Earth, I would say of the sessions that I have done, I have found five different pockets of civilizations that are within our dimensions. However, it would not surprise me if there were many more than that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Do you think that there's a way we could get to that area of, you know, where some of these places are, like through those mammoth cave systems? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So there are underground cave systems that beings live in. Do I think that it's easy to for a human to be able to access something like that? I don't. Okay. Um, I don't know if we would even be fully welcome. You know, you're yeah. you're an outsider. You're a threat because you are not part of them. But I have even done sessions where people like in the Appalachian Mountains, they go into a part of the mountain and it like turns into this cave system. And if you just keep going down and then all of a sudden you're with all of these other beings that are very extraterrestrial like looking. So, yeah, there's there's all sorts of craziness that 
takes place right in front of our faces and we're just completely oblivious to it. Well, you know, it's funny though, because I do believe, you know, the more I talk to people like you and just my good friend, Christina, the medium as well, and all of the wonderful, amazing people that have gifts, n- nothing's surprising me anymore as far as what what's possible. You know, I mean, it's almost like anything is possible at this point, you know? Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. I, I think especially as the consciousness rises, more and more is possible. Right. And, oh, I totally agree with that. And to my listeners, what does and doesn't resonate with you? Kind of take what resonates with you and just don't worry about what doesn't because this is just a discussion. Um, I'm not even sure... I believe every single thing. I don't even know if Abby believes every certain thing. But what I do believe in is the fact that when she's talking to a higher self, there's no ego. There's no pomp and circumstance. There's no, I'm going to trick this woman. They, uh, to me, that's about the most authentic voice you will ever hear. And when they're talking about this, it, it brings pause to me, at least to go, okay, I got to have an open mind with this stuff. Just like Abby said at the beginning, what are you talking about? Are you kidding? You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I can, even me being a, a past life progressionist, there have been many sessions that I go through and I even think like, hmm, this is a little out there. This is, how am I going to process this? Right. Um, but then you'll have other sessions that follow and you'll get a little bit more information exactly. and a little bit more information. And the more that you hear it, the more that it kind of clicks with like the human psyche and you're like, man, maybe this isn't so crazy after all. <laughs> maybe there's something here that, you know, we don't see because we're so conditioned and being human. Exactly. And like I said, I think we're scratching the surface as to what, you know, we're allowed to see as well. Uh, you and I were talking before we started recording the interview with my UFO guy just went live last week because yours is going to go right after his. And he was talking about the grays are helping us. They're trying to help us. And it happens. They know all about you and me and everyone on this planet. And they're really trying to help the people that are trying to help the people. So, <laughs> so you know, but I do think that you can also choose a path in which to go, because if you have a very negative way of looking at life, you're going to choose a path that may not be the most positive for you. And and I've said this time and time again, you, you could wake up and say, I'm going to have a crappy day and you're going to have a crappy day. But if you wake up and say, it's going to be an amazing day and let me see what I can do to help someone else or even just help myself and be a happier person. And I smile at someone and it changes their life. I don't even know. It's just something like that. But both paths are available to you. You just have to choose. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I love that you said that because that's one thing that I picked up very, very fast whenever I started doing these sessions. The higher self constantly says you create your reality that you live in by the duration of your thoughts. So if your duration of thoughts is life is horrible, I'm never going to go anywhere, I'm never going to have any money, never going to find love, then you're not because that's what you're attracting to you by your very own thoughts. But if you have positive thoughts and you think about all of the good things and that money will flow effortlessly, that you will find jobs effortlessly, that you're happy and healthy, you're going to have more of that too. You're going to attract more of that to you. The law of attraction is probably one of the most prevalent laws of the universe that people use and they don't even realize that they use it. But yeah, you create the life that you live based on the thoughts that are going through your head. Yeah, you know, even just, this is a good example for me anyway. When I hear one of my favorite songs and I put my earbuds in and I listen to that and I jack it up a little bit so you can hear it really well, 
my vibration, I know is just, I can feel like, I know this sounds crazy. I can feel my aura almost just like reaching out as far as it can go. Cause I'm so happy to hear this lovely song that I've always loved my whole life, whatever it is. Right. And it's just, but that alone, those kinds of small things can change how you feel just in an instant. Can you imagine the power you could have if you just change the path in which you go, whatever that may be. I mean, literally it, it could change your life, someone else's life. To me, that is just as important as the stuff we're talking about with you doing the hypnotherapy. You know, I have had some clients that, you know, a lot of times when people come to me, they're, you know, they're lost. They don't understand, like, what is their purpose? Why are they here? And the higher self has said over and over and over that we are all just one thought away from a completely different life. Yes. One thought. Yes. And you know, this sounds really crazy and this, I may take this out, but I'm going to just throw it at you anyway. You know how you said our higher self is just one big, huge, massive ball of light, or let's just call it that. But little pieces of that light are our little individual souls. And they can say, hey, Leslie, you're going to be Leslie here and you're going to be Joe here and you're going to be Ingrid over here. And it may be happening all at once or whatever. So would it be arrogant for me to say that we're all kind of our own little God? Our higher self is kind of like our own personal God? You know, no, it, it wouldn't. Um, the way I look at it is that we are all pieces of God because yes. God is the collective consciousness of every everything in our multiverse, not just our universe, but in the multiverse. Yes. And as the higher self, we are one with source. We are source. So yes, um, we all, if you want to put it in those terms, we are God, all of us, not just one person, not just one individual or one entity. I mean, even the grass, even the trees, the birds, the bees, you name it. It is all part of that collective consciousness. And, And also, because we come down here to experience life, maybe evolve, hopefully learn all the above, aren't we also living that for source so he can go, oh, well, that's how Leslie interprets it. Or that's how Abby sees this. Okay. That's a whole new perspective that these many eons of people that I've had come down. Your perception of this is going in the record book too, of how amazing your perception was of that. Do you you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And what I find really interesting is that the perception changes from soul to soul, from being to being. So In one life, you may have a perception of a certain way. And then in another life, you perceive it completely different. It's all about incarnating and experiencing different perception, different ways, uh, different ideas. And source, the higher self, they encourage people to experience things differently. They encourage you to have different perspectives because you're not going to learn the same thing in every single life. You're, you're learning something different and then you're taking it back to your higher self and you're combining it together. Now, let me ask you, we're going to go a little dark here. When someone is a murderer or someone has horrible thoughts or even commit suicide, I know a lot of these answers. I, I hope I know. What do you think happens to those kinds of people? Now with suicide, for instance, we'll go there first. Yeah. When somebody commits suicide, your soul goes home. The instant that the heart stops, your soul goes back home. A lot of times people that commit suicide, they're almost welcomed with more love than somebody that just completed. Absolutely agree. I just think we come here and we all kind of know the answers. We just don't know we know the answers. So, and that absolutely is where I go with that, but keep going. Yes. You know, the one thing I do want to say, you know, a lot of people think that with suicide, your body gets, your, your soul gets stuck. You end up in a dimension and you never go into source. 
And I used to think that way as a psychic medium, Mm -hmm. you know, doing readings and stuff like that. Um, I thought, okay, maybe this, there's some truth here, but with all of the sessions that I have done, I have never, ever, ever had a soul get stuck ever. They instantly go right where they're supposed to. They go back to source. But Abby, how do you explain ghosts? So this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. So when we go through trauma, right, you have to think that your soul is a ball of energy. Okay. okay? And you go through trauma throughout your life yeah. and you can fracture that energy. So a fracture of your soul can fall off. Okay. Right. Yeah. I believe through doing my sessions that that's exactly how ghosts become um they are fractures of your soul from when you went through trauma in your waking life Mm -hmm. for instance Mm -hmm. if you notice on like facebook Mm -hmm. right or even on tiktok they'll have videos of apparitions that show up every morning at 3 a.m and they're walking back and forth in the living room in a hospital gown Right. right right That is because you are watching that traumatic event that the soul fractured. Like a residual. You're watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a residual energy over and over and over. Um, And so I believe that's what ghosts are. Ghosts are literally just fractures of our soul from trauma that we have been through when we were in our waking life. Let me ask you this. So really, our soul here is like the higher self on earth, right? We're like the higher self. And when we have really bad things happen or whatever, and that fear gets stuck or that anguish or the sadness or whatever gets stuck, that lingers on. It does. Okay. It, it does. Yes. But see, you have to keep in mind, energy is intelligent, right? Yes. So say a piece of your soul fractures and you've got this traumatic memory, right? right. But energy builds just like a soul does. So that energy can become intelligent. That energy can gain enough energy by what's going on around it to all of a sudden now it can walk back and forth. Now it can move things. Now it can talk to you. That energy takes on a life of its own and creates what we know as ghosts. But that's how we all got here. Think about it. We, We started out, I think, as stardust. And then we just started gaining consciousness. However that works. I don't know how it works. I'm human. Who knows? But I think we all, you know, but we all started out of something, obviously. And because I'm always confused about old and new souls, because I'm thinking, were we all just created kind of at one time? And then we just decided to come down and decide to be here? Or you know what I mean? I'm I'm not, I don't understand that part. So if we want to get technical, right? Every soul is an old soul. Every soul is old. All of us have been around for eons. However, When I think of old soul versus new soul, I think of that on the Earth's existence. There are some souls here on Earth that are newer, that have not incarnated here very much. They've incarnated other places because, you know, Earth is like Harvard. You have to have prerequisites to get in. They're not just going to let a brand new soul like... There you go. Enjoy the show. You know they're going to make <laughs> yeah. you. They're they're going to make you earn your way into her. You got to build now us up for Earth. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then there are old souls who have incarnated here hundreds of times. So when I think of old soul versus new soul, I think of that on an Earth's existence. And when you feel somebody is a new soul, they probably just haven't lived very many earthly lives, and right. that's why their soul feels so much younger than others. But. Technically, all of us are 
very old. <laughs> like eons. And that brings that whole thing all around for me because I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't mean I didn't have lives on other planets because I do think that happens too. I think we've all been aliens. I think we've all been trees and rocks and gas and and oxygen. And, you know, because th- I think that's where we get our empathy for animals or now and our empathy for nature and our empathy for other living beings because we had to experience that to understand what it would be like to be human on earth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you also have to go through experiences as those other things or beings in order to prepare yourself for an earthly life. There are some sessions I've had here recently where, so after we go through their life, their Mm -hmm. past life, and we go through their death, we go to a spot where you can review the life. And there have been many souls that are almost angry when they get to their council of elders because they feel like they were misled or misguided Mm. um, in such ways as you didn't tell me that's what was going to happen. You didn't tell me it was going to, that I was going to have to go through all of that trauma. But see, we all, as a soul, we know exactly what's going to happen. But the soul and the human consciousness do not think of things the same way. So a soul sees, oh, you go through a divorce and and you lose some people. That's okay. I can make it. But when you're in the human consciousness, it reshapes your human consciousness depending on the trauma that you've been through. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you because, you know, people are like, well, that's victim blaming when you say, oh, well, I planned this. Well, let me tell you something. One, something I heard recently, and I think Karen Rontowski, uh, Paranormal Karen, talked about it on her podcast. She said, you know, I, I do think we plan, but I think sometimes we don't know what the plan is in the way of, hey, God, I want to work on my patients. And God says, do you want a level one or do you want a level 20? And you say, yeah, I want a level 20. And then you're raped as a child. And I hate to say, you know, just that kind of stuff. That's horrible. That's one of the most horrible things I can think of. And all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking, why would I ever choose that? You were victim blaming. Why would I? And in your perfect state up with the source, you would think that's absolutely what I want. But you may not have known that's what would happen because he just said, let me know. Are you sure you want this? Because I'm going to let you have it. But you're not going to be happy, you know, but but you will learn. And when you come back, you will be like, you know, I think you can actually stop having so many lives and all the torture and torment by just that one horrific life because you asked for the PhD at Harvard, you know? Right. And, you know, when people say that to me, like, oh, you're victim blaming or, oh, that's not fair or whatever the case might be, I try to explain to them. They have to understand that the human consciousness and the soul, they do not think the same. The the human consciousness looks at trauma as just what it is. It's trauma. It reshapes your consciousness. It causes anxiety and depression and PTSD, and I could go on and on, Right, right? But the soul looks at trauma as growth, as evolution. The more trauma that you go through in your human life, the faster you evolve as a soul. Right. I totally believe that. I'm telling you, because, you know, when you told me I was an indigenous Canadian woman, like a Native American woman would be, but in Canada on that, the last time you're here, when you did like a quick past life thing on me, because you are psychic and medium. And I was basically starved while I was captured. My whole family was killed. And then I was captured and pretty much starved to death as a slave. Um, That's a PhD moment, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's, 
in that life, you probably evolved exponentially, you know, compared to, say, an easier life where there wasn't a whole lot of trauma, where it was just kind of like an easy living. You know, the one thing I've also learned is, so you hear a lot of talk about like the new earth, right? Part of the new earth is having volunteers. There are souls that are very, very ascended um, that have already gone through all of their ascension and their evolution and they, you know, sit and they look and they're like, oh, I can, I can help that. I know how to do all of that. That's not a big deal. It's a breeze. Right. But what they don't realize is they are signing up for one of the hardest lives they're going to live because they are going to have to prove themselves on a soul level that they can not only heal themselves, but that they can heal others to help them move forward. I have never met a psychic medium or a healer that has not literally been drugged through the mud. You have to go through a significant amount of trauma and tragedy in order to fully open sometimes. And volunteers happen to be some of those souls who are dealt very, very, very hard cards um, in order to get to that point of helping people ascend. No, and I totally agree with that because one of your sessions was of a little girl and she was young and it was 1950. So she had a little dress and a little hat on. But for some reason, her parents still drove a horse carriage back and forth to, yeah, to get groceries or whatever. And I guess they left the little girl. I don't know how old she was. I got the impression she was probably seven or eight or nine or something like that. She wasn't really old and they didn't love leaving her behind, but I don't know why they left her, but they did. So on their way back, the wife was kind of nagging the husband, listen, we got to get back, hurry up. And he, his little ego got the best of him because he was sick of her nagging and he was mad or whatever it was. His, his anger got the best of him. And he kept whipping the horse to go faster. And they basically died because they hit a rock or whatever. Well, the little girl was stuck wondering where her parents were. And they're out in the middle of nowhere. Like no one even found the parents. This is how isolated they were. And so the little girl waited and waited. And I think for 29 days, she waited for her parents to come back and they never did. And she ended up going and sitting up on the barn And she was so hopeless because no one, this little girl was by herself, by herself. And so she, she decided to jump off the top of the barn and it instantly took her life. Well, what was so astounding to me is when she went back, because you took her back and she, you said, what happened to you? Then she goes, oh my God, I, I see guides. I'm, but wait a minute, I'm, I'm part of the council. I'm part of the council is what she said. And the council to me is so wise. And I'm thinking, why would a council member need that kind when you're that ascended? You know what I mean? Why would you need? But when you said that, I, I thought, why would you need that? Maybe they needed one more life to ref- if nothing else to refresh a memory. I don't know why they would need that. Do you, you know, what do you think? Yeah. And so with that life, what blew me away about that life is when we went into the life in between lives and, you know, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm part of the council. The council explained that she wasn't supposed to take her life that early. She was supposed to move forward. She was supposed to grow old and have a family and learn some really, really hard lessons. But she ran out of food and she didn't know how to take care of herself. She was a toddler. She was young. I I think that in the session, it said that she was either four or five. Uh, I don't believe I posted that part. She was so young, young enough that all she knew how to do was make sandwiches She didn't know how to hunt. She didn't know how to take care of herself. And the council explained to her that in that life, she was supposed to learn survival of the fittest. But how are you supposed to learn survival of the fittest at that young when you don't even know how to work a stove? But, you know, here's another thing. And yeah, you only get to see little snippets of this. And that's why I didn't get all the information on those videos. But here's another thing. 
it all is a matter of the path you take. Her parents took a path or her dad took a path out of anger, which took him on another path that happened earlier in her life. And then, you know, so boom, she's a lot younger than she probably should have been to be able to do her own thing and, and understand how the world works and how to plant and all that. And then she's so young. This the only thing she knew what to do is to maybe jump off and make it all end, which is horrific to think of. But it really does have to do with what you decide to do in the path because there's all kinds of paths all of them could have taken. He could have just said, oh, honey, stop. I'm, I'll, we'll get there in time. It's fine. And not let his ego and his anger get the best of him. And maybe this is a lesson for all of us. If we can just sit back and go, you know, and not be so judgmental on other people and not be so quick to be angry. And because it's so hard in this world right now. And I even have to do this for myself and just go, you know what? It's been one of those days where I'm just a little pissy or whatever. And the last thing I want to do is be angry to someone I love. But it's real easy when you've had a crap day, right? And I've had to stop and I've learned from people like you, Abby, who have said you need to stop and you need to think about the path you're going to take. And that really does impact so much more than you can ever think. It absolutely does. You know, before I started doing past life regressions, I had a very different mindset than what I have now. And I did let my emotions get the best of me in many cases. And it took me realizing, you know what, when I feel those emotions rising, I have to take a step back and I have to let them pass because if I don't let them pass, then I act on them. And when you act on emotions, when you're angry, it's never good. And Mm -hmm. you're going to attract more of that what's not good to you. Yes, yes. And don't get me wrong, we're all human. We're going to do stupid things. I mean, that's a given. That's never going to stop. But when you can at least once go, you know what? Do I really need to be right about this? Or do I really need to be angry about that? Or whatever it is. Boy, I have learned so much. So uh, I know you're a psychic medium. I was asking you before we started recording, if you're getting anything on me, you can talk about it. I can take this out. We don't have to talk at all if you don't have anything on me, Abby. I was just going to ask so that people can understand also how you do your psychic ability stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the one thing that I see when we were speaking earlier kind of about it. So I I see two individuals. One is an older gentleman um, and he looks like he's sitting like in his own chair. I think of like, uh, like my grandpa, he had his own chair. He didn't sit in grandpa's chair. Right. Um, And that's kind of what I see is this older man sitting in a chair in one particular scene. And then I see a woman who's in the kitchen. Um, But it looks like she thrived on cooking and providing for people. And when I focus on the woman and the man, I feel very much like a grandmother, grandfather, um, it, that's the kind of energy that I feel. But what she does is she turns around and it's almost like she's showing me like a pie of some kind. Mm. Like she's very proud uh, of being able to cook for people. I also, I'm trying to think here, what is it that I smell? I don't know if it's like a homemade chicken noodle soup or like a chicken and dumplings, but it's almost like she's having me smell what she what she did. And I see a table, which I'm assuming this is probably a holiday, a big, like a Christmas holiday or Thanksgiving holiday. But I feel like everything that I see on the table is all homemade things. Um, And she's very, very proud of what she has been making for everyone. Um, And what I feel like she's showing me is I feel like she's showing me some of her most cherished memories when she was here. Um, So like Christmas with the family all around. Now, 
when I go back to him, he seems like he was more of a, a quiet man. I think that he had his moments. I do feel like when he spoke, people listened. But I feel like for the most part, she was kind of the head, right? So his hands look kind of grimy. So it tells me that he did a lot of work with his hands. Mm. Um, and he has a very musky smell to him. You know, like someone that's been outside all day working, they come in and they kind of have that like musky smell. Yeah, outside, but yeah. mm-hmm. because that's what they do all of the time, mm-hmm. that's the smell that I have from him. Wow. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm getting uh, a grandmother and grandfather together or if I'm getting a grandmother and grandfather on different sides Um, because they don't appear to like be holding hands or anything, but they do come forward together. Um, Another thing that I see is coffee, but it's black, like Mm -hmm. as black as coffee can get. It smells like that Colombian coffee. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm not sure if any of that resonates. Well, you know, it sounds like at first I was like, you know, because you don't know this about me. I don't know much about any of my extended family. I just don't. Not in this life anyway. And it almost the woman almost sounded like me, um, but, you know, maybe me older, because I think that's part of this. I think that it's we have to interpret it the way and I'm not trying to make it fit. I really, truly feel like I do a lot of things by hand. I love to be for people to see what I cook and I love people to smell it. And I, I just I love that. Right. I think that's fun. That's a lot of people don't know that about me. I love to cook. And then with the man outside, my husband's not necessarily musty or anything, but he's he's a self-made man. He's learned how to do so many different things and is such a masterful person at so many different things. It's almost like you were describing us. I'm not even kidding. So another thing that I see is like a front porch, like with rocking chairs. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what I see is like land. Is that something that you guys have envisioned? Like, for the future, it's almost like in the mornings, there's you watch the sunrise, and in the evenings, you watch the sunset. But the front porch, it's a, it's a very wooden front porch with wooden rocking chairs, and it looks very much like that's like your happy place. Okay, y'all, this is amazing. Okay, let me tell you this. Most of my listeners know we have a weekend house about an hour and a half away. We have 35 acres. Abby does not know this about me. I know, I know you don't, and, and we call it our happy place. And we have called it that for a long time. It's still our property. It's still Fear Ranch, but it's it's definitely my husband's happy place and, and mine too. And eventually we may live out there for good. But he built a wooden porch out off the front. We don't have rocking chairs, but we have chairs that we sit out there and we watch the sunset a lot. Uh, sometimes we go out there with coffee and watch it rise. We're not quite at the black coffee stage yet, but we are, but we do drink coffee with creamer and sugar in it. But no, that is absolutely, and see, it's almost like you had to just kind of get into the groove because I'm telling you, you were just maybe describing us older. I'm thinking that's what you did. That very well could be. You know, that's that's one thing that's so different about being a psychic medium is you don't know what you're seeing. You don't know what you're describing. You're just like, okay, well, they're showing me this. Right, no, and, and the thing is, and I'm not trying to make it fit. It just, it was, it sounded so much like us older like we're, we have Christmas and Thanksgivings out there, not every single year specifically, but we do have Christmases out there. We do have Thanksgivings out there. And if we don't do Christmas at this house here in the city on Christmas, we may do it out there the next weekend or something. So it totally makes sense. 
because guys, she doesn't know this about me. I know Abby from her videos. She doesn't have time to be on TikTok all the time. And we haven't gone into personal stuff because, you know, when we get off the phone, we talk about another 10 or 15 minutes and then we're done, you know? So she doesn't know that much about me, which I love because then I can really get her talking about what she does and without having any bias on my end too, because I didn't know she had gone through some things personally lately. So that's what's the magic of this. It's just the fact that she can still be so accurate and really not know me very well. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I have been doing research with the higher self about how it's possible for people like me, um, Christy, who can see the future, right? right? And the higher self constantly tells me that time is an illusion. And so that means everything is happening simultaneously. So when we connect and we are shown things, the reason that we can see things into the future is because technically it's already happening. Exactly. Exactly. No, I I almost said that too, because, you know, time is relative, obviously. And, you know, the 1500s are going on now. The 3000s are going on right now. It's all right now. (laughs) Exactly. One of the things that still blows my mind is that everything that will ever be created on the Earth's planet Mm -hmm. has already been created. We just haven't reached that timeline yet. Isn't that, it's just, it's amazing, isn't it? And I know that I think a a near-death experiencer I saw on, I think it was on YouTube, said that he saw Earth in 20 years. And he said, we're all going to have free energy free, free energy, like, and it's energy, it's solar, but it's like, doesn't hurt the environment. And our air is going to be so much better. And we're going to be on, we're not really going to be driving cars anymore. We're going to be on super transits, you know, super, you know, everything, right? Unless you want to walk to the kinds of places that are close enough. But it's just going to be so much more advanced, but so much nicer and wonderful for the earth. And that's really what we need to be doing. So I believe that I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, here recently, Within the last month or so, I actually have had a couple of clients that, so in past life regressions, it's not always past life, right? Right. It can be past life regressions. It can be present life. It can be future life. And I have had clients that who have, they've started going into future earth and it is so advanced and they describe it just like you did. There's free energy. Money really isn't a big deal. Um, The people are much more cordial with each other. There isn't so much hate or envy or greed that it is a much more ascended planet. Right. I absolutely agree. I'm sure there's got to be, there's got to be dark where there's light. You know, there's the yin and the yang. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll always have that. But I do think at the point we are now where we're so divided in the world, not just in the United States, but just everywhere, uh, we can only go up from this point on. (laughs) Absolutely. I completely agree. You know, because of the universal law of duality, which states you can't have the good without the bad, the dark without the light, there's always going to be good and bad. But you have to have a perfect balance of it in order for people to continue to evolve. Right. No. And I think that's hence the, the awakening, because I do think that if people were a little bit more awake and more aware of their surroundings as, as opposed to and, and the way they handle things and, and just, you know, do unto others as you would want done to you type thing. God, it would be such a better place if we just get past the, the prejudices and the, you know, and, the, you know, I don't want to get political, but just, you know, a soul is a soul is a soul. 
you know? Could you imagine the things that we could achieve as a civilization if we could just come together as one? Yes. Could you imagine how powerful we could be? <laughs> well, that's why I think we need an invasion of the aliens. I think, you know, that will bring us all together and we'd be like, okay, well, now we really got something to uh, pull us together and go, now what do we do? And it'd be only people that, only aliens that help us, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, and it's funny because if you ask them, they say they are helping us. <laughs> no, I, and I agree with you. But Abby, I'm telling you, you have been amazing. Guys, um, I'm going to let Abby tell you where you can find her if you want a reading from her or if you want a session with her. I've been following her on TikTok. Her work is amazing. It all resonates with me. And I totally believe every single thing that these higher selves are saying, because it's just incredible. And it really, really is amazing what you'll hear. So Abby, tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have my own website. It's called theangelicsoul.com. And through that website, you can book psychic readings, past life readings, past life regressions. It kind of goes over everything. I have a blog that I'm starting on the website as well. If you're on TikTok, uh, you can find me under Psychic Medium Abby Ice, and that's I-S-E. Um, and on that website, there is a link that you can click on that will also take you to my booking site or to my actual website as well. Mm-hmm. And I also have an Etsy shop. I sell crystals on the side as oh, well. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you can find that under the Angelic Soul Crystals on Etsy. Absolutely. And girl, you have been so amazing as usual. I'm, I'm, you're going to come back. I, I have your phone number. You don't have a choice uh, because <laughs> you're just so amazing. And I am so blown away with your work. So please keep doing it, girl. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I just love coming to your show. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.